Hey everybody, welcome to today's podcast. My name is Ryan and you might be listening today on uh, Nutty Buddy Entertainment or Nutty Buddy Sports. I'm going to be switching all my sports content over to Nutty Buddy Sports to keep my entertainment, my nerdy stuff uh, on one podcast and my sports stuff on a different one. So if you like content like this, sports, Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the Nutty Buddy Sports Podcast. I did download the draft preview to that podcast, but um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. This this podcast as well will be on both platforms as I slowly transition to um, doing Nutty Buddy Sports as well. Today, what we are going to do. We are going to do a round one review of the draft, and it was a super exciting draft. I was super excited about it. Um, a lot of different things happened. It was fun. It was fun to watch, especially after pick seven. After pick seven, a lot of stuff happened. So we're going to get into it. We're not going to dive into every pick very deeply, but we will cover every pick. And I'll give my two cents about did the team pick a good, whether it's player or position of need. And um, I'll probably be more able to comment on whether the team picked the right position more than these players. And I'm just being totally honest with everybody. Um, I know some of these players, like I said in my preview podcast, but for the most part... I am not a big college football guy, but I love the NFL, so we'll talk about the NFL teams and if they benefit from the pick or if the pick was a bit of a head-scratcher. Now, with that being said, um, we're also going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers drama, and I have some thoughts about that. So what we're going to do is we're going to first talk about the draft, and then at the end, We're going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers drama that uh, happened last night, which was crazy in itself. So without any uh, more stalling, let's go ahead and get into the 2021 NFL Draft, the first round. So we start off with basically chalk right the first seven picks were basically like exactly what we sort of thought um so we start with trevor lawrence good pick by the jaguars zach wilson smart pick by the jets and we'll talk about those two teams a little bit more later um because i think it's important to mention what else they did because this is like right it's obvious that's what they were going to do um, now we hope that uh, for those franchises' sake, that these both these quarterbacks pan out. Now I was listening to a podcast that mentioned, and I think it's important to note that fifty percent of the quarterbacks that have been taken in the first round end up being bust. So we had five total quarterbacks taken in the first round. So that means two or three of them could end up being bust. And not working out. But we'll get into um, all five of them. Uh, I really like Trevor Lawrence. I think that's obvious. And Zach Wilson, he kind of, you know, he he has a great arm. 
uh, I think I think there's a lot of potential there. We go to our third pick, Trey Lance. That's our third quarterback off the board by the 49ers. And this was a little surprising to me. I thought it was going to be Mac Jones. That's the way uh, reporting seemed early on. But the Niners seemed pretty confident that they always wanted to take Trey Lance. I'm thinking they had a change of heart after like pro days and stuff. So uh, Trey Lance is a, to me, the way it sounds, the way he's been described is he has tremendous upside, but he also has a very low floor. He, he has a basement that goes down, if you know what I mean. So it's a, it's a risk-reward pick for the Niners. Now, Kyle Shanahan, uh, he is a, a good offensive-minded coach. Uh, not just good. He's great. So putting him in the hands of Kyle Shanahan might not be a bad idea. It's just that he hasn't had uh, very good success with, you know, like all the quarterbacks he's, he's come into contact with, like, C.J. Bathard or Nate Mullins, you know, he, you need to have talent at that position, obviously. So we go to number four, Atlanta takes Kyle Pitts, the tight end everybody's been raving about. Now, if you listen to my preview podcast, I believe that tight end is more of a luxury pick. They're going to play him at tight end. So I don't know how I feel about this because after listening to like, three, four, five different podcasts, everybody's raving about this guy, that he's a generational talent, that he's going to be different. So I'm going to lean on the experts because that's what they are as experts. But in general, I just didn't think Atlanta needed a tight end. They have Julio Jones, and I know there's talk about him being traded. I don't know if they're going to trade him because of the salary. His salary's a lot, and um, I guess it just depends what they ask for him and what team wants to trade for him. But they have uh, Ridley, they have Hayden Hurst. I just didn't think their offense really was the problem last year. It was their defense. So to me, I still, uh, I'm not totally behind the pick for the Falcons. The player, I think I'm sold on the player. And uh, so there is a difference. I just thought the Falcons should have went defense here or traded uh, down. And they may have tried, but they, they probably couldn't. Moving on, Jamar Chase goes number five to the Cincinnati Bengals, and this was clearly the best wide receiver in the draft. A lot of people were saying that. I felt like this was a good pick for the Bengals. They need to surround Joe Burrow with talent. Now, I would have personally went with the offensive lineman here, but you're not, you're not, you're not going wrong with this pick. You're just not. It, it's a he's he's consensus the best receiver in this draft. He might not turn out to be the best receiver, but he's probably has the least bust potential as well. And he he played with Joe Burrow before, which is kind of nice. So it's a little bit of a reunion. Now sticking with the theme of reuniting quarterbacks with wide receivers, Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle from Alabama. So they're reuniting Tua with Waddle. Now, man, I... I wanted personally Smith here, but I'll take Waddle. Waddle is compared to Tyreek Hill. I like that. I like that idea of him being a versatile weapon. He's electric. Um, the the thing is, is the Dolphins and the Bengals and these other teams are putting their young quarterbacks in a position 
to succeed. And that's what I hit on really uh, hard, really hard my last podcast. That's what these teams need to do. So now think of this. The Dolphins have put Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Will Fuller, and now Jalen Waddell around Tua. If Tua does not succeed, that's on Tua at this point. Or maybe coaching. I don't know. But it's definitely not because of talent. Number seven, the Detroit Lions take Penny Sewell. Now, it's a good pick. He's the best offensive lineman in the draft. Their offensive lineman, uh, offensive line was okay last year. So I didn't think they really needed to go offensive lineman. I thought because they lost Marvin Jones, because they lost Kenny Galladay, that they would go wide receiver here. But going offensive line isn't an, isn't horrible. I just think they had a lot of different other needs. They had other needs. And not just on the offensive side of the ball, but also on the defensive side of the ball. They were really bad on defense last year, guys. Now, the coaching change could help, but that's something, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But um, for me, I would have went wide receiver here or defense or trade down. And apparently what the rumors are is the price was too steep. The Lions wanted way too much to move up to seven. So um, nobody made that move. So now we move on to Carolina at number eight. They pay, uh, pick J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Um so what I understood was that Patrick Sertan II was actually the best corner, but these two, uh, maybe you could take who you prefer. Uh, I probably would have took Sertan here if I'm Carolina and picking a corner, but I don't think it's a, a total loss for them. I'm really glad they did not draft quarterback. Again, Sam Darnold, you just picked him up. You gave up assets for him. Give him a shot. Worst case scenario, you're up in the top of the draft again next year. And guess what? You'll be able to get one of the better quarterbacks again next year. The Denver Broncos. And by the way, number eight is where things started to get like crazy to me. Because I think a lot of people thought Carolina would take Justin Fields. Nope, we took a corner. Then very next pick, Broncos. They take Patrick Sertan second, Alabama. Which really put Dallas in a tough spot, by the way. Um, but let's just focus on the Broncos for a second. Hey, I think that's a good pick for the Broncos. They they get more defensive help. But what I, I'm not quite sure is why they didn't take a quarterback here. They must either, number one, not want to give up on Drew Locke. Number two, they didn't believe in those quarterbacks, uh, Mac Jones or Justin Fields, or three, which is something we'll talk about, obviously, in a little bit, is Aaron Rodgers being available might have changed their tra- uh, draft strategy. And I mean Aaron Rodgers might be available. It sounds like we'll get into that later. So as far as Patrick Sertan on this team, I like it. Um, I think they could, you know, use the secondary help. And, you know, it worst case scenario... Hopefully, the Broncos can stay healthy, and Drew Locke will actually get a fair shot to show what he, he's got, and he can sink or swim. 
Number 10, this is where uh, a trade happens. Philadelphia traded a third-round pick along with their first to Dallas, which is um, sort of hilarious, an intra-division intra division trade. And a lot of people thought it was just to screw the Giants over because they had pick 11. Um, so the Eagles move up and they take Devontae Smith. Great pick for the Eagles. They need the wide receiver help. Get Jalen Hurts weapons. A lot of uh, talk uh, was that they might go after um, Justin Fields here. I'm glad they didn't do that. Build around the quarterback you have. Hurts had some good moments last year that maybe you can build on. Now, as far as Dallas being willing to move uh, uh, down or the Eagles being able to move, uh, be willing to move up, some people were questioning, why do you got to move up two picks? The Dallas Cowboys aren't going to take wide receivers. The Giants aren't going to take wide receiver, which we'll get into in a second because they did. But you also don't know who was calling the Cowboys to trade up to that spot. Maybe uh, there were other teams that were interested in Devontae Smith that would have traded up with the Cowboys. So I think what the Eagles did here, it just made sure that they got their guy. Chicago kills it to me. The Bears needed to do something at quarterback, and oh boy, did they ever. <laughs> this was this is like the coolest part of the draft to me because when they traded up, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, they're going to take Justin Fields. And they did. They took Justin Fields. The Bears end up with what most people consider the first, uh, not first, but second or third best quarterback of this draft. Um, it's going to be interesting. I like this pick. I like this pick. It's a nice risk for the Bears. Uh, interestingly enough, Andy Dalton uh, thought that Justin Fields was supposed to go in the top 10 uh he he shared his uh mock draft and he had justin fields going to the niners so it's going to be a nice it could be a very nice transition for justin fields he might be able to sit behind andy dalton for a year now we know that that's not how these things work justin fields will either be starting week one or by week five but if um he can sit sort of like Patrick Mahomes did. It's only going to benefit him, but it just depends on how Andy Dalton plays. The Dallas Cowboys at number 12, they pick Micah Parsons. This, I don't know, man, this is, this is a good pick. They get like the best linebacker in the draft. They put him alongside of Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch. I like it. The only thing is, um, and why this was a really good pick is because you just don't know about the health of those two other linebackers, Van Der Esch or Smith. So he's also insurance for those guys, but the, he can play alongside of those two as well. Um, so I like the pick. Their defense was awful last year. Get them some help on the defense. The Chargers, they pick Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle. Protect your young asset. That's what you need to do. You got Justin Herbert. Great pick for them to fill a need. The Jets move up and they take another offensive tackle, Tucker. Now, pairing him with um, Trevor Lawrence. No, I'm sorry, not Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson. I think that's that's an excellent idea. This was a good move by the Jets. And I, I hate to say that because, again, if you don't know, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I love the Dolphins. But I like what the Jets did here. 
Not only do you get the young quarterback, but now you're starting to build around him. You're protecting him. And instead of getting a skilled position player, you looked at what happened last year to Sam Darnold and you're like, hey, we can't let this kid get killed. We can't we can't allow it. So what we're going to do is we're going to start building that offensive line. I like that move by the Jets. Um, I really like the Jets draft. I'll talk about uh, quick uh, drafts that I like at the end. And the Patriots go uh, 15 here get Mac Jones. So they get their young quarterback that they could hopefully maybe build around in the future. It's interesting that basically the Patriots did not have to move and they get a quarterback, a quarterback that a lot of people like. So I I think this is a win for the Patriots. But, you know, as far as is he going to be the next franchise quarterback and he's already being compared to Tom Brady, there's a photo going around on uh, Twitter uh, of his body compared to Tom Brady's body, and it's it's kind of funny, um, but I don't know. I don't. I I like this pick for the Patriots. Like it's you got Cam Newton. I don't think he'll last a season. So young Mac Jones, you build around them. And again, if he doesn't work out, guess what? Next year you can probably draft another QB because you'll be picking high again. The Cardinals goes with Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. Now, I, I again, just positionally-wise, I like that they drafted defense, but what I read and what I'm hearing is that he was just picked a little bit high. There was other linebackers on the board that might have been better than him, but you know, we'll see how he turns out. He is going to be able to step in and play right away, um, according to what I read. So I like the pick because I think the Cardinals need to focus on the defensive side of the ball. There was rumors yesterday that they might have wanted to trade up to get Jalen Waddle, but they didn't, which I think is which is good. Build around, build build that defense up. Here's probably the biggest reach in the first round. The Raiders select Leatherwood, the Alabama guard offensive tackle. So, first of all, he is very versatile. Um, he is a good player, right? But it just sounds like the pick where he was picking, the va- the value wasn't there. Nobody was going to take him. It sounded like even in the first round. So, Mike Magock and John Gruden had made, has made it clear that if they like somebody and they can't find value to trade down, they are going to pick their guy and they just don't care, which I kind of admire, but I also am like, well... You're, you're losing value at some point if you keep doing that. So we'll just have to wait and see. Offensive tackle, though, again, you, you just got to, protecting the quarterback, you got to win the game in the trenches, so it's not a bad pick. Miami Dolphins, Jalen Phillips, um, the edge rusher out of Miami. So for me, I like this pick. I was worried they were going to go running back here. Not that I would have hated a running back here. I just, running backs in the first round to me um, are a little bit of a waste considering like you can find a running back undrafted that can work for you. So they needed edge rushing help. Um, So this guy, he has a lot of potential. But there's also a lot of concerns about health. That's where he, he the most concerns with uh, Jalen Phillips is. So I I like the idea. He is going. He is very talented. 
but it's it's a high risk high reward type of type of pick here for Miami. The football team picks a defensive player at linebacker, which they're just adding to their defense. But again, not. It, it sounds like he was just a little bit of a reach as well at linebacker. Yeah, they like their guy. I would just say, like, with Washington, their defense was pretty solid last year. I think very underrated. It wasn't talked about a lot. And uh, I was talking to that uh, Andrew, Andrew from Stereo. I mentioned him in my last podcast. And really, what uh, he said, and I totally agree with, but I want to make sure I give him credit, is that Washington may be a surprise team this year, and I kind of agree with that. Getting a, a linebacker to continue to build this defense not not a bad option for the Redskins. The Giants take Tooney out of Florida, the wide receiver. Now this pick, I totally had a problem with. I had a problem with it in every sense because the Jet, uh, the Jet, uh, Jets, the Giants. The last thing they really need is a wide receiver. They don't need more skilled position. I love the player. Everything I heard about him. I was like, oh, I wonder if the Baltimore Ravens will get him. I wonder if the Green Bay Packers will get him. I wonder if, you know, these teams that need wide receivers will get him. And the team that picks him is the team that least needs a wide receiver. So this is what this tells me. The Giants wanted Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith got picked by the Eagles, so then they moved back with the uh, Bears, and they picked Tooney. And to me, the Giants did not need the skilled position player. They have Darius Slayton, they have Shepard, they have Galladay, they have Evan Ingram, they have Barkley. Why are you picking another wide receiver to add to the mix? You need defense. You need offensive line help. But, you know, we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, the Colts, they pick an edge rusher in Payne from Michigan. Uh, he is very athletic. He has a high motor, according to people who know more about this guy than I do. The thing I would say is um, this isn't a bad pick. I like this pick for the Colts. The Colts' defense kind of struggled a little last year to add some pressure in the front line. Can only help this team out. The Tennessee Titans at cornerback, they pick fairly. Now, this guy was kind of interesting to me when I was reading up on him. Um I was kind of interested because he he uh, he's a very apparently he's supposed to be one of the better man cover corners in this draft and, and that was picked in the first round. So, you know, I like the pick. I personally, if I'm the Titans, I've lost a lot on the offensive side of the ball. I probably wouldn't went offense like uh, Eli Elijah Moore here or um, Bateman, but I I get why. Uh, you know, again, their defense wasn't great last year. So going defense here isn't bad either. Um, Vikings, they pick uh, offensive tackle Durashaw, Christian Durashaw from Virginia Tech. They need they need offensive line help, right? They need to protect Kirk Cousins. So good pick for them. The Steelers pick Najee Harris. And this is the first running back off the board. I think this was a match made in heaven, as they would say. Uh, the Steelers need a running back, but I also think that uh, their offensive line is suspect. So, what what are you going to do about that? Well, you got what what is it? Six other rounds to fill those needs. So we'll see if the 
Steelers address the offensive line needs, but they did need a running back as well. I just, you know, in the first round, I just don't get with all these undrafted second, third round uh, people who are drafted. They run for 100 yards a game. Why are you taking, why do you take a running back in the first round unless if it's Adrian Peterson, basically? And even Adrian Peterson nowadays might not even be picked in the first round because he, he wasn't great at catching the football. Although he was such a dynamic runner, I think he would have been picked. But my point is, it's so hard for me to commit to a running back in the first round and be like, yeah, that's a good pick. Now, speaking of running back, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Travis Eatonine. And sorry, I've been, I've been practicing his name all day. So hopefully that came out right. So here again, I didn't I didn't quite understand this pick. I get that it adds firepower to the Jaguars offense. I loved James Robinson last year. Um, so really, I guess in this league that we live in now, two running backs is almost the way to go. But I don't know, man. I probably would have went a different direction here, maybe offensive linemen. But at the same time, I get where they're coming from. Surround your young quarterback with talent. It's just running back is not where I would look to in the first round to get that talent. I don't know. I, I just I have a hard time with running backs in the first round. I am a little jealous, though, because I was kind of hoping that he'd fall to the second round so the Dolphins could get him. So there's a little bit of jealousy in me, but I'm glad the Dolphins didn't trade up in the first round to get him. The Cleveland select Greg Newsom, and uh, I like this. Their secondary is going to be pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna help that defense out. And there wasn't a lot of needs for the Browns. If you look at their roster, they have a pretty complete roster. So you add strength on strength here. And on the defensive side of the ball, that does not, uh, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea at all. If, if either uh, Greedy Williams uh, gets injured or Denzel Ward, you have somebody uh, behind um, them guys to help fill that role, that void that would be left to an injury. The Ravens, they take... Bateman. Now, I thought Bateman was going to fall to the Packers. I thought the Packers might have taken him, but the Baltimore Ravens get him. Great pick by the Ravens. They need to get Lamar Jackson some receiving talent. Now, they also had another pick that we'll talk about. I thought they should have just went Elijah Moore, and then you you go receiver on receiver and then just call it a day. Uh, They didn't do that, but that's okay. I like uh, Bateman here. I think that was a, a good pick for them to uh, continue to get Lamar Jackson some help. The Saints pick up an edge rusher, Peyton Turner. Their defense was so good last year. Um, I think we forget how good it was for stints last year. Uh, To get an edge rusher, they did lose uh, Hendrickson. So they're sort of just replacing him, I feel like, with this uh, Turner guy. And he could... He could... um, pan out right he could be really good obviously we none of us really know we have our theories and our thoughts but i i kind of like this pick i guess i I don't have uh much to say about it 
The Green Bay Packers take cornerback Eric Stokes. Now, this was a need for the Green Bay Packers. They definitely needed to draft corners. Now, personally, I was a little torn about this. Um, to me, he he ran a he, he's fast. He's really fast. He runs like a four two nine in the forty yard dash. He's also a big guy. So I don't I don't know. Uh, he, he did not have a first round grade. But the Packers got their guy. They need corner help. They need help on that side of the ball. But we'll talk about the Aaron Rodgers drama in just a moment here. The Bills, they take Gregory Rasul. I believe that's how it's pronounced. The first defensive tackle, right? He's a defensive tackle, interior rusher. I think this was a good pick. I was talking to uh, Buck. Bills fan Andrew again uh, that's who I was talking to Andrew and he said this is I think this was the guy he wanted so I'm glad for him that he got the guy he wanted Baltimore goes with Owe from Penn State the edge rusher again they lost a lot of defensive players in free agency so this makes a lot of sense to me to bolster your defense get somebody who can pressure the quarterback Um, in that division now when you think of Baker Mayfield and you think of um, Joe Burrow, and you still have Ben Roethlisberger, you need to get to the quarterback, so that's uh, a good pick. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick Joe Tryon, who's also an edge rusher. And this is fine to me because they uh, got a stacked ros- roster. They have, um, and all they're doing is bolstering their defensive line. You know, they have... JPP, they have Shaq Barrett, but what you're doing is like, you cannot go wrong. Okay, the two things you need to do in the NFL protect your quarterback, get to the quarterback. So, having a rotating defensive line, especially edge rushers, makes so much sense to me. So, I, I don't mind this pick. Uh, apparently, according to the, what I'm reading, is he was uh, a little bit high. He was taken a little high, maybe a little bit of a reach, but. You know, like, what are you going to do? The Buccaneers, what do they really need? What would you be like, man, they really should have took blah, blah, and blah. You know, it's like, well, yeah, but let them pick who they they believe in. So quickly, winners and losers of the draft, just in my opinion, on day one. So this is just the first day. So they're not complete winners or not complete losers. And take my opinion, please, with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, quick winners, Chicago Bears, obviously going up against getting Justin Fields. That's to me, uh, what they needed. They needed to spark some interest in that position on that team. They've been dealing with a lot in uh, recent years. Um, I would say the Jets getting Zach Wilson and the offensive tackle, um, to protect him. I believe like that's the way you build around some young QBs. You gotta protect your QBs. Finally, I'm gonna give the Patriots with the other winner. And the only reason why I'm giving the Patriots the other winner is because they got a quarterback. They got one of the top five that everybody said you had to move it up for, that you had to go up and get. They get a quarterback without having to move trade up or trade down. They didn't have to make any moves and they get their quarterback for the future. Now, three losers. The Oakland Raiders. It sounds like the Oakland Raiders really reached for that offensive tackle. Um, so I, I just can't. I do think there's, a, a, no matter how great he becomes, 
you have to remember there's value in these picks. I do give them uh, credit for having the guts to take the guys they believe in, but they have to be a, a loser to me. To me, the Giants, the Giants are a loser because I like the wide receiver. I just don't understand why you draft a wide receiver when your room, your receiving room, your skilled position players are are stacked. And finally, the last loser to me is um, the Packers. And speaking of the Packers, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. So let me tell you about a pet peeve I have uh, when it comes to great quarterbacks. It's a pet peeve. And it's because I'm a Dolphin fan and I had to um, watch Dan Marino suffer with a lack of talent around him. And although he could put up stats, he never won the Super Bowl. And the reason why is he never had a top 10 defense in his career. He had one 1,000-yard rusher in his career. And after Mark Clayton and Mark Duper left or retired, he... I think the best receiver he had was O.J. McDuffie. Aronde Gatston might have been the second best receiver. But the reason why I point this out and the reason why I bring this up is because I have felt, and I live in Wisconsin, I live in Packer country, I have felt that the Packers have not done a good enough job building around Aaron Rodgers. I don't care about the stats. You can throw all these stats out there. Good quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks are going to put up stats. The question is, because here's why. You play bad teams. They play the Lions twice a year. The Vikings defense was atrocious last year. He played them twice a year. When you play bad teams, you're going to put up numbers if you're an elite passer. The question is, is when you play people like Tampa Bay, the great teams, the San Francisco's the year before. Do you have enough firepower to win and keep up? Are your skilled position players good enough to keep up? The Packers' answer to that for the last handful of years has been no. They don't have good enough skilled position players. They haven't. They don't take risk. So now they are surprised because Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded. Now, there's conflicting reports. I read that Trey Wingo mentioned that after they drafted Jordan Love, they told Aaron Rodgers that they would trade him this offseason. But be, because he became MVP, they had a change of heart. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true or not. But what I will say is, regardless of whether or not it's true, the constant not getting Aaron Rodgers help is got to be frustrating for him. He lived with Mike McCarthy, who I don't think is a good head coach, and Don Capers, who is definitely not a good defensive coordinator, for how many years before Mike McCarthy finally fired Don Capers? And by that time, all the offensive talent was basically gone. Randall Cobb was a shell of himself. Jordy Nelson went to Oakland and then retired. So all you have now is Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. You look at that roster and you tell me what other player that is a skilled position is a Pro Bowl caliber player. I'll sit and wait. No one? 
Yeah, that's because you're right. There is no one else. We've been waiting on Vendel, Vendel Scantling for five years to step up, Geronimo Allison to step up. They haven't done it. And what have the Packers done? The biggest move they've made to help the receiver position was by uh, picking up Devin Funches, who is basically the exact same wide receiver, but like 60% of what Devontae Adams is. That's not how you win in the NFL today. In the NFL, you need to basically have a variety of weapons. Each weapon can do a different thing. Look at, for example, the Chiefs. They have Tyreek Hill, who can burn, which I know you can't find a Tyreek Hill uh, anywhere. But I'm just saying Tyreek Hill. They had Sammy Watkins. They had Travis Kelsey. And they had... Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And at one time they had Kareem Hunt. So you had a specific player to fill a specific role. Specific role. I said Pacific there. I meant specific role. The Packers basically have a bunch of Devontae Adams on their team, but lesser Devontae Adams. Who's the guy that's going to get open for five yards? Other than Devontae Adams. Who's the shifty guy? Who's the guy who's going to spread the field? Other than Devontae Adams. You, you don't have those type of weapons. You don't have a great tight end. Now, I, I never thought that Aaron Rodgers needed a great tight end. He doesn't throw to the tight ends that much. But you don't have that skilled position players. You don't surround Aaron Rodgers with talent to set him up to succeed. Now, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because the receivers are fine enough, but when you constantly have the organization giving you the middle finger, so to speak, how much of it are you going to take? Think about the biggest move that this organization has made with Gutekunst and LaFleur. What is the biggest move they made? They trade up to draft a quarterback. That's what they do. This situation is nothing like Brett Favre. Okay, Brett Favre was threatening to retire. He was always dealing with injuries. And Aaron Rodgers fell to the Packers. The Packers just came off the NFC Championship game. Rodgers gave no inc- inc- any, any, any signs that he was going to retire. And they moved up in the draft to get Jordan Love. Of course he's going to be upset. And the Packers should be like totally ashamed that they did that to their MVP, their elite quarterback, their Hall of Fame quarterback. That's stupid. That's not how you build or run a franchise, no matter how good Jordan Love is. You don't think that like another wide receiver in that spot, T. Higgins, for instance, would, would not have helped the Packers out last year? Because Jordan Love sure didn't help the Packers last year. Okay, that's fine. They get, they get, uh, they get Jordan Love. Who do they draft in the second round? AJ Dillon. Now it's not necessarily that they had to draft wide receivers. That's not the necessarily the argument you want to make. But when you have the defensive side of the ball too that needs attention, and what you're doing is just drafting a backup quarterback. And by the way, one that wasn't active at all last year. And 
you draft your third string running back? What are you doing? That makes zero sense. None of it makes sense. It's stupid. And then here's the other part. You draft this second round running back to be third string. And then you re-sign Aaron Jones because I thought, well, maybe they're just trying to replace Aaron Jones. You re-sign Aaron Jones to to a big dollar contract. And um, so what was the point? What was the point? It doesn't make any sense. So for Aaron Rodgers to want out, I was um, shocked, not surprised, or surprised, not shocked. I'm not sure what order you want to put that in. I'll let you decide. But... The Packers organization has not been fair to Aaron Rodgers. Now, is he sometimes a jerk? Sure. But um, this is not what kind of person Aaron Rodgers is. This is not that type of conversation. This is, are the Packers doing right by Aaron Rodgers? And the short answer is no, they're not. So would I be surprised if he gets traded this offseason after everything that went on? No. The Packers should have probably listen to to the offers that were on the table for him because the worst case scenario is he sits around and does nothing next year for your team and you have to sink or swim with Jordan Love which is sort of what you wanted so I'm interested to see it play out I would say um, if I'm the Broncos I am trying my darnest to get Aaron Rodgers Because even three years of Aaron Rodgers, just like three years of Peyton Manning, can get you a couple Super Bowl appearances. That's how good Aaron Rodgers was last year. Just give him weapons. Now, the other thing, I will say, it isn't too late for the Packers to make things right. Uh, Obviously, they could offer him a contract extension because that's part of the problem to to in good faith show him that you're committed to him, to Aaron Rodgers. Or... I was thinking Julio Jones is available. If you want to give Aaron Rodgers something to be excited about, trade for Julio Jones. Bring him in. He he would add a different dimension to this offense. So I know he's 32, but he 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 played pretty good last year. So that's my Aaron Rodgers thoughts. Uh, thanks for listening to me rant about what pet peeves I have about not taking care of your elite quarterbacks. Because listen, like how many teams out there would love to have Aaron Rodgers? How many fan bases would love to have Aaron Rodgers? You you get him, you better treat him good. Well, thanks so much guys for listening. Uh, so that was just a quick review of round one of the NFL draft, some winners and losers and uh, Aaron Rodgers' drama. So again, this is um, Nunny Buddy Entertainment or Nunny Buddy Sports, wherever you're listening to. I'm going to switch all my sports stuff to Nunny Buddy Sports eventually, uh, real soon here once I get all that set up. So if you enjoy my sports content, please subscribe, rate, and view. If you'd rather just stay on this channel, subscribe, rate, and review. Join me uh, at uh, Nutty Buddy Entertainment or Nutty Buddy Sports on Instagram. Okay, so that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day.